0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast where we chat everything and anything to do with the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Cowie.
1: I'm Nora Francesca Germain.
0: I thought it was Nora Francesco. No. What is it?
1: Francesca, you know, if I was Italian or French, it would be Francesca. But, you know, it's... get the regular c because it's spanish
0: you know i'm a drummer turned comedy singer songwriter i'm a
1: violinist turned me
0: we're so smooth at this aren't we and we're apparently now both podcasters and you're going to hear us chat to many different people but more often than not it will be fellow musicians talking about their careers and lives them arguably the greatest art form in the world and you're going to get this for free each and every week on ScottCowie.com, itunes soundcloud stitcher radio uh, the list goes on anywhere you get those podcasts so please rate review subscribe tell a friend tell an enemy tell the slut down the street but for now enjoy the show wow this is gonna be one of
1: those okay i'm ready i'm ready
0: Guest this week on the podcast, drumming sensation, drumming legend, Gilson Levis, the man who has drummed with Squeeze, the man who has drummed with Chuck Berry, Jerry Lewis, Barry White, Dolly Parton. The list goes on and on and on. And of course, drumming with Jules Holland on tour as we speak. Nora, how good is this guy on the drums?
1: I'm so excited. I've become a recent fan of Jules Holland and his show and his band because of you, Scott, I would like to say.
0: Because so of this, you.
1: I'm I'm very excited about this because I um I'm yeah, I'm really I'm a huge fan of them. I've just found them on Facebook and everybody should go and check them out. They're really cool and um, this is gonna be cool.
0: No, before I was talking to you about Jules Holland, did you do you guys get the show over there? Do you get the Jules Holland the later show? Does that is that on Telly in America?
1: I don't think so. I mean you can get it online, I imagine, but we don't have it uh I don't think we have it here, no.
0: So I've been forwarding Nora a lot of the YouTube clips and familiarizing her with uh Jules Holland and the band and of course Gelson, everybody involved. So we're super, super excited that it's all coming up for you in a bit. Nora Francesco Deborah Germain. What's been happening in the world of Nora since I last spoke to you?
1: Well, um, I am hard at work on my album and my book. I guess I mentioned that before, but things are coming together. I'm traveling to record this thing. I can't tell you where I'm going yet. I know where it's a you're secret.
0: going. I know where I you're know, going. You
1: can't, you can't tell anybody. Okay, so I'm traveling to record very soon, and I'm really excited. It's going to be great, um, and I'm... Um, yeah, really thrilled to be doing this. It's going to be really cool. So in the new year, there's going to be lots of new music coming from me. So yay!
0: I know where you're recording the album. I can't t- I can't hide it from our fans anymore.
1: Oh God, here we go.
0: I need to tell everybody because this has just oh. been a burden on me that I've just had to keep this from everyone. People are stopping me in the street. People are emailing me. People are contacting me through Bebo, Facebook, Twitter. The list goes on. And they're saying one thing and one thing only. Scott, yes. where in the blue fuck is Nora recording her album? And I just uh-huh. can't take it anymore. And uh-huh. it's it's just it's because it's it's the pressure is raining down upon me to let this I out. I can imagine. Can I tell the world? No. I'm gonna have to tell somebody.
1: Can you tell your therapist?
0: Okay. But my therapist would already know, because you're my therapist.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, could you tell um, the vegetables in your refrigerator?
0: That's the weirdest statement I've ever heard in my life.
1: I'm just thinking of people that are around you, you know?
0: Right, listen. Do you know what we spoke about last week? We spoke about space, and we're going to speak about space. Oh hey, Yeah,
1: I love space.
0: Right, we're going to speak about that, right? Because we've got some more questions for Nora when we return from this interview. Amazing stories. I was backstage at the Jules Holland gig I met the man himself right the one and only the legend Um, I caught up with a person that's been on this show Katie Tunstall chatted to her it was a great night Um, putting my extreme bias aside Gilson and Katie Tunstall stole the show and that is putting my extreme bias aside it was brilliant anyway we're going to tell you more about that but we're going to talk about space once we come back from the interview with Gilson here we go Okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast, and I'm backstage in Glasgow with drumming legend
2: Gilson Leavis. How are you, sir? Uh, uh, slightly surprised, legend. My word, that's being bandied around an awful lot about me these days, and I certainly don't feel like any sort of legend. I just feel like a, an old pro scratching out a living. Well, I'm th- <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not just my words. Jules, I was at the show last night, as yeah. you know,
0: and Jules... Um, I'm sure about two or three times mentioned the word legend to describe oh, your good yeah. self. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, not that I don't think it as well. Obviously, he does. <laughs> he seemed to, he, he, he continuously outlined last night about the history that you yeah. guys have had. Um, now, is that a true story that you guys met in Glasgow?
2: Um, well, we certainly have been to Glasgow together. <laughs> no, we no, we didn't meet in Glasgow. No, that, that was a bit of added drama. Right. Um uh, and it was sort of true. I mean, b- b- bits of it were true. Now, he got the date wrong for a start. It wasn't 1977. It was actually 1975, I think. Um, we had our first hit in 1977. Uh, so I can understand his confusion. The bit about the uh, the uh, downstairs room in some swimming baths in Greenwich is absolutely true. That's when I first met Mr. Holland. Um, and that was... Um, Squeeze, that was where Squeeze started, yes.
0: Amazing, you've got some great stories. Um, I've watched a couple of your interviews, fascinating stuff, but we talked off-air very briefly there about Stuart Copeland. Yes. You've been a lifelong fan of, uh, sorry, friend of his. Now, when did you first meet Stuart, can you remember?
2: Indeed, I do. Well, uh, I've met him, I, I know him through, through two different uh, things. Firstly, as the brother of the uh, manager that Squeeze had in the early days of Squeeze, uh, our manager was Miles Copeland, and his brother is Stuart Copeland. Yep. And so I, I met him via that. Uh, and also, uh, believe it or not, in the early days of police, they supported Squeeze. Mm-hmm. It was all a bit... So uh, it soon turned around, might. But um, so I met him in those early days, and we are going back to nine, the mid-70s, maybe the late 70s. When I first uh, sort of met Stuart and and we've known each other oh, and chatted and uh, on and off over the decades, you know, from both sides of the planet, whether it's in America or Los Angeles or, you know, we sort of run into each other here and there and, you know, just we're just mates, I suppose. Drumming mates. The thing is with drumming mates, and I've got, I've got a few, is uh, we very rarely share the same dressing room because a band usually only has one drummer so you know we occasionally run into each other at festivals maybe or or in airports there's there's another good meeting place for drummers you know but um, backstage isn't it's not that frequent really you know apart from
0: right now you're meeting me yeah Your that's true and fans. this is a
2: highlight and i'll be able to brag about this <laughs> in 25 years it's yeah good <laughs>
0: Now, uh, another person I'm fascinated about, okay, that you've drummed with, Chuck Berry. Yes. I've been wanting to ask you about this guy, okay? Yeah. Now, um, just, I'm, I'm just going to throw the name out, Chuck Berry, and I'm going to let you take it for there.
2: Well, one of a kind, Chuck. Yeah, a uh, remarkable chap. You know, he's, um, I don't know what to say. I mean, there are stories that he he, he loves to, used to, I don't know if he still does, wind people up. You know, he'd, uh, as we were walking through airports, he'd, he'd sort of... Slow down and try and lose the tour manager, and then hide behind some sort of advertising hoarding and wait till he was noticed that he wasn't there anymore. So everybody would have to run around, and there'd be rumours: oh, he's got on a plane for America! Oh God, what's happened to Chuck? And then he'd just sort of appear and it'd sort of be Mr. Cool. But but he was always creating some sort of entertainment. A very entertaining chap to be around. One of the, uh, and I'll give you one example. Really, we were doing a um, a show in uh, somewhere like Lyon, I think it was, uh, some enormous dome, and um, and uh, the night before, um, uh, the tour manager, who was I can't remember his name now, but he was quite a strident chap, decided to throw somebody out from backstage, and he turned out to be the head of the the European uh, Bud. But, um, um, chuck berry fan club and that didn't go down too well with chuck so the next night when we we're in leon he decided to get his own back and so we were standing at the side of the stage and i'm standing next to chuck and i was the ripe old age of 17 and i'm standing next to this sort of legend you know and then we hear the announcement ladies and gentlemen Chuck Berry," and uh and he turned to the tour manager who was standing there and he said i'm not going on until i've got my money in dollars and apparently, well, I don't know if you know this is absolutely true. Chuck gets paid half his money before he leaves America, and then the other half before he goes on stage each night. So many's the time I've sat on stage looking at a bulge in his back pocket, knowing there's <laughs> a lot of money in there. But um, uh, but obviously, he'd been paid in um, in francs that night. So um, and I'm sure his contract said he was paid in dollars. So he decided to to um, make a point with the tour manager. So uh, he said, no, I'm not going on till I get my money in dollars. And of course, um, the tour manager, being shocked uh, and impressionable, said, oh, all right, I'll sort it out as soon as you come off. No, don't worry, I'll get that. No, 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 I'm not going on. And he didn't. And, um, and the tour manager had to get in his car, drive into the centre of Lyon, find a bank manager, open up a bank, change the money into francs, drive back to the venue and give the money to Chuck and then he'd go on stage. And that all of that took three quarters of an hour. And the whole time, Chuck stood by the stage with the audience getting more and more angry and more and more um, revolutionary, can only really describe it. The cheers soon turned to boos, turned to uh, downright anger, uh, stomping, and I, and I'm standing there looking at Chuck getting very you get you, come on, let's, let's go on, Chuck, come on. Let's... Had none of it. He just stood there and looked at the floor, holding his guitar. He didn't move. Three quarters of an hour. And then when he got his money, he walked on stage and, of course, went down the storm. But that's, that's, <laughs> that's, I know, that takes a lot of bottle and a lot of, <laughs> oh, dear me. That was a, that was a thing.
0: I do my own little acoustic gig sometimes. I don't know if I'm going to try that tomorrow night when I'm playing in <laughs> Glasgow. I don't think.
2: Well, I think the audience would probably leave. You have to be something of a legend. <laughs> what <from> audience? i am talking about for forty-five minutes, but yeah, absolutely. You know what a what a what a, what an entertainer. What a man.
0: Yeah. We could podcast for an hour alone on Chuck Berry, but I'm I'm going to move on and I'm just yeah. going to mention our name. And once again, I'll let you take it from there. Okay, okay. Jerry Lee Lewis.
2: Oh, wow. Now, God bless Jerry. I mean, he, he, um, now, uh, I did a tour, um, and, um, and the tour had, uh, six roadies on it. Four, uh, two of those were to do the back line and the other four were to set up the bar in Jerry's dressing room and to look after him. So that's the sort of where he was. And he was going through this period of being very beardy and very sort of, um, um, I don't know it was going through a, I think he was going through a religious thing You know. Can, I, can anyway, I just ask you the
0: time frame of this when are we talking oh, 70s, I 80s
2: I can't remember, it must have been a similar sort of time, it was probably a little bit earlier middle I should think early 70s I, I would say something like that I've got to say I'm not very good on times it's been, you know I've been doing this 50 odd years and I've, I've never written anything down <laughs> so God knows it might be a bunch of lies I've no idea Anyway, no, it's all true, I think. And um, yes, and uh, and he, he did like a, a jar in those days. I've no idea. I know he's still working, he's still playing, but um, uh, he did in those days. And, and his, uh, I think it was his sister who was touring with us too, and she would do a, the warm-up set. And then uh, uh, and quite often, I, I say quite often, certainly more than once, three or four times, he would just stagger out in the middle of her set. It was like he'd sort of decided, he was sitting up in his dressing room and he just sort of decided, now's the time. And he'd get up and just sort of totter onto the stage in the middle of a song, you know, of course the audience would go mad. Uh, But yes, he was quite a chap. He used to, same way as Chuck, he used to like winding up audiences and he was going through a country phase at the time, playing a lot of country music. And of course, a lot of the audience wanted the rock and roll Jerry, you know. So there was a So occasionally they they got a bit gruff, but I can honestly say, and this is absolutely true, that I did that tour, and it went on for quite a while, and by the end of it, he still had no idea who I was. Really? Absolutely no idea. (laughs) I just, wedge is fine, you know, I don't mind, you know, just on another planet, you know, just not there. But Anyway.
0: Now, listeners are, are getting amazing stories from you, and they're also getting a free concert because the brass next door yes. <laughs> are, are, are warming up. So if MD's wondering uh, uh, what the bed of music is, it's yes. exactly that. Now, uh, let's talk about um, your, your drumming guys, right? Who were the guys that you looked up to back in the, back in the day? Well, still I'm, I'm
2: afraid they're rather cliched. Uh, but Buddy Rich, who I saw, I had the privilege of meeting once when I was on a photo shoot with um, Squeeze in New York. Um, once again... Um, Another story there. I'd, I'd seen him play when I was a, a kid. My dad took me along to see Buddy and his band when I was a, a youth, and I saw him a few times live. But I did run into him. We were walking around uh, Central Park in New York on a photo shoot, and I was feeling really rough. I used to be a drunk. I mean, I don't drink, I'm drunk for years, you know, 25 odd years a day at a time, thankfully. But um, I was quite rough in those days, you know. I used to. Um, uh, myself and Jerry had a lot in common, and um, and uh, and I was feeling really rough, you know, and just oh God, I've been. And uh, and we're on this photo shoot, and who should walk down the street but Buddy Rich, and I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing, but it was him, and I stopped him and I, oh Buddy, come oh I love you, I love you, Buddy, oh, you know, all that, and I and we were with a professional photographer who was doing a photo shoot for a for a magazine at the time. And so I got her to take pictures of me and Buddy like arm in arm. And he was really charming. You know, he was lovely. And there was photos of I well, managed to get some of me sort of giving Buddy a bit of advice, you know, like sort of <laughs> that sort of stuff. Anyway, so and I was feeling really rough. He probably was smelling my breath and <laughs> bloody English. Bath. Anyway, off we went and we went on this uh, American tour. We did a lot of those in squeeze days, you know, coast to coast, north to south, oh, a tour bus, just weeks and weeks of it. And then when we finally ended up back in New York, I was dying to see this, these pictures, you know, I've been dreaming about these pictures of me and Buddy. And so uh, uh, as soon as I got to the hotel, um, uh, I phoned up the, I phoned up the, uh, the, uh, I phoned up the, um, the photographer and uh, she said, I'm terribly sorry, but the camera was broken. I couldn't believe it. And I still haven't got a photo of me and Buddy. Oh, no. And, and there it was, me meeting Buddy in New York with a professional photographer, and the camera didn't work. God! So, he meant to be. Anyway, there we go.
0: Topical, topical. Right, Eric Clapton and Smokey Robinson. Yes. What is the story?
2: Oh, well, it's my, yeah, there's another one. Um, Smokey, God bless him. Yes. Uh, well, there was a gig. The uh, phone went. Hello, Gilson. Julian. Hello, Gilson. Uh Would you come and play drums for Smokey on later? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, he said. Uh, and Eric's going to be on guitar. <laughs> OK. I'll make room in my diary. OK. <laughs> so. Um, so, of course, I went down there. And and it was it was a last minute call. I, I drove down there. I think it was the next day and, and to do later. And, uh, and sure enough, I, I go in there and there's some. Um, there's Eric, who I know. I've worked with Eric quite a bit over the years. And um, sitting there with his guitar and Dave from the band is on bass and Jules is on piano and me on drums. And we're waiting for Smokey to come in for a run through and he, and he doesn't come. And then uh, and it's getting later now. And, uh, uh, and we've done the sound checks and no Smokey. And then we do the camera checks and still no Smokey and then the show is about to go out and there's still no smokey and by this time eric's getting a little bit you know mumbling things about professionalism and things and apparently uh, the story was that he he'd flown in from america and he was a bit tired and he wanted to lie down so that's fair enough so anyway the show is going on and the band's playing the, the one before us and still no smokey and then um I would say probably two minutes before he was announced on live television, he walks into the studio, and I've never seen anybody look more like a star than, than Smokey. It was like looking at some sort of entertainment god. His skin was glistening and smooth and beautiful, and his, and his hair was shimmering, and his teeth were sping. They were just bright blue eyes, and he just... And he sort of glided, ladies and gentlemen, Smokey Robinson. And he just walked up to the mic and he sang and It was just astoundingly good. You can check this out on YouTube. It's up there. Uh, And he was just amazing. And it was just breathtakingly good. And then he he put the mic down and he waved at Eric. And then he walked off. And that's that was it. And I never I never even spoke to him. Bye. Bye, Smokey, I love you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Later with Jules but what Hollins. What a
2: professional. It was just amazing, you
0: know. Give us some, uh, what you think are perhaps some of the personal highlights for you for, from being part of the, the Later with Jules Holland show over the years.
2: Oh, well, well, uh, oh, there's so many. I mean, it, the Hootenanny show has been going, God knows, 20, 20, 23, 24 years, I don't remember. See, there's a turn up. If somebody had said to me when I was a kid, sitting at home on the rug in front of our fire watching the white heather club you know i don't you're too young to remember the white heather club but there used to be this um this thing on uh, new year's eve a scottish celebration every year it was the same it was andy stewart i think and some very prissy lovely but very prissy scottish girls skipping around swords and doing very sort of Scottishy things and singing you take the high road tonight," and it was all really, you know, but this was every year. It was the same thing, you know, standing by a crackling fire and, you know, and if somebody had told me then that one day I would be the drummer on the New Year's Eve show, <laughs> replacing this thing crazy, you know, because that was the establishment and here I am. Quarter of a century, I've been doing it. Quarter of a century, we've become the establishment. Isn't that bizarre? It's really, really odd. Oh, I used to be a punk. <laughs> oh God! My. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, some highlights. Well, there's been so many. BB King, God bless him. He he came and did it with um, Eric Clapton once again on guitar, and and then Dr. John. That was fantastic doing that. Dusty Springfield, her last live performance was with us. You know, God bless her uh doing that uh uh, just so i can't remember so many uh remember barry white we did a show with barry white uh in um no this is another story this is we were the band on a a tv series called don't forget your toothbrush
0: i remember that well
2: and uh you know they get stars to come out from america big names each week and they were all sorts of really Big names like it would be Cher or Barry White, or you know that sort of ilk, uh, real big names, and and and, uh, and they brought Barry over once. Baz Baz came over to do a turn, and uh, <laughs> oh my word, a very God bless him, he's gone, he's gone now, isn't he? But he was a very powerful man, you know, in size, in stature, in voice, and everything, and um, and so he, he worked with us and. Uh, you know what a what a thing to do to play drums with Barry White, but uh, what they used to do on Don't Forget Your Toothbrush is that the premise of the show was that somebody would go on holiday, and um
0: Should we get them to
2: come in. Somebody would go on holiday, and uh, uh, and um, but this was the end of a series, and so they decided to send everybody in the audience out on holiday. So that was the I remember the kick that out, I watched out. that. And 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 Barry White was the guest, was the guest on this last show. Anyway, um, so we set up in the car park because it was they all had to get on coaches and go off. You know, it was a big end. And so I was actually the band was set up in the bike sheds out on at ATV Studios, out at Teddington lot. And it was raining and Barry White was standing next to me and um, at the end of the show, uh, uh, they used to sing "Bring Me Sunshine, Bring Me Sunshine," and the guests would join in, you know. And um, and so we're playing "Bring Me Sunshine," and um, and and you know they're, they're waving them all off for this. And Barry White standing next to me, and he, and he's looking at me, and he looked down at me like this big man, and he said, "What's all this shit?" I said, "It's British television, Baz. It's TV." <laughs> and off they went, and he just, he could not fathom what he was doing there, what's all this shit, <laughs> entertainment, Baz, <laughs> oh man, anyway,
0: absolute pleasure chatting to you, loved the show last night, good, brilliant drum solo, thank you, love the sound of the kit, it's
2: good isn't it, it's Proper beautiful. old. what kind of kit is it? It's uh, Cambridge Drums, um, it's a new company, and uh, I've been, they asked me to, to try them out on the road, which I did. Uh, you know, I've been a, an endorser with DW for, for a long while. Uh, you know, uh, great drums, fantastic. And they really looked out to me. But this company asked me to try out their kit and I was really blown away. It really suits what I'm doing, you know. And, um, and they sort of made me an offer I couldn't refuse. They said, well, if you play our kit, we'll, we'll, we'd we like to do a signature series and we'll design a kit to your own specs. and and you can have a jazz kit and this kit, and it's. You can have anything you want. Can I have a stripy kit? Oh, we'll build you a stripy kit, you know. And they are fantastic. They are just the toms are just. They're
0: lovely. They're out they're really of this good. world. They, they
2: they they sing. Mm-hmm. There isn't a. There's no overtones or ugly undertones. It's just beautiful drum, mm-hmm. clear drum sounds. They sound recordable straight out the box, which is amazing, you know. To this old crow who's been doing this his whole life, you know. To, Getting a drum kit to sound that clean is just what a gift, you know. It's fantastic.
0: Final, final question for you. You're yeah. doing it well. Do you get nervous before you play? Uh
2: No, I don't really. I, I, I probably get a little bit. um not oh, apprehensive is the wrong word, but it's probably ego-based. You know, I don't want to look a fool. You know, like as we're leading into a drum solo, I start to tighten up a little bit. But that's, but that's just because I don't. You know, I might hit me nose, get a, blood, a, a bloody nose. I might. Pass out. I might faint. You know, lightning might strike. You know, the usual egotistical paranoia. But um, but that's the only time. And sometimes, uh, maybe before a big live show on the telly, when you've only got one shot at it. Maybe the hootenanny. You know, and it's done under a great deal of stress. We have very very uh, minimal rehearsal time, and it's all. Cut to the bone, as you can imagine. So it really is sort of seat of the pants, you know. As I'm playing it, I'm sort of remembering the next bar as it comes along. You know, it's all really. how oh, does this go? God, I hope I remember this one. You know, but um, you know, but it keeps you on your toes. <laughs>
0: absolutely brilliant. We'll do this again at some point I because hope so. you know, we mentioned six seven names and we talked for 20, oh, God, 30 God, minutes. God, no. It's amazing. God, oh, there's more, mate. It's That's absolutely just,
2: amazing. Didn't Absolute even talk plan. about squeeze i <laughs> know oh, oh
0: glenn talbrook seen him live oh, oh, he's amazing he's great he's so good. what so, a great so good. songwriter Fantastic. unbelievable what a privilege
2: you. you know i've been so lucky you know just it's just you know before squeeze i was working with people like chuck berry and 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 uh and Jerry Lee lewis and all these dolly parton and i was drumming for all these people and then the next thing that happened was i, I joined a south london band they turned it to squeeze and we ended up touring the world and then when that fell apart i joined uh started a, with julian started a duo thing as a and now we're a, we're doing this it's just how lucky can one boy be you know
0: unreal thank unreal. you very much sir unreal. absolute legend It's confirmed. there you go <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the interview there with the one and only gilson levis the man the myth the legend the myth the man the legend the myth the man the one the only gilson levis gl the g-man the g-dog gilson levis the man the myth the one and only the g-dog the level, G L.
1: Yep, You wanted to uh, get to the space thing, right? Huh? You wanted to get to the space thing, right?
0: The space thing. Of course I do. But the thing is, Nora, do you think you'll do well you in know. this quiz? Because last week, I think you got 7 out of 10. Right? So this will really test your knowledge because I've got space quizzes that I've put together. Right? Okay. Now... I'm I can't going to, wait. I'm gonna give you a choice, right? Are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Would you like to be tested? We're gonna test you on the moon landing. Does that sound alright? Okay. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: I love the moon.
0: Right. We're gonna start the quiz, right? Now, um I'm quite well connected when it comes to NASA. You are right. Right, listen. Who joined Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the Apollo 11 mission? Was it A. Michael Collins, B. Michael Jackson, or C. James Lovell? A. Michael Collins, is that your final answer?
1: Sure. I don't know who it is.
0: Correct, Michael Collins. Really? That is one out of one. Great. Next question. And she's doing well, ladies and gentlemen. Apollo 11 launched on a 363-foot-tall rocket called what? 307... Sorry, excuse me. 363-foot-tall rocket called what? Was it A, Jupiter-C, B, Johnny-5, or C, Saturn-5? Oh, sorry, Saturn-V. Saturn Excuse me. I'm, I'm reading that as a Roman numeral due to my in-depth knowledge of music theory. A, Jupiter-C, B, Johnny-5, C, Saturn-V.
1: Ah, uh, Let's try C.
0: We're going with C correct 2 out of 10 and she's not, she's not googling ladies and gentlemen it just goes to show Nora genuinely is a space cadet question number 3 twa as the Germans say indeed the Apollo 11 command and lunar m- modules were named Columbia and what A. Eagle B. Falcon or C. Snoopy Eagle we're going with eagle correct she's doing rather well by my fast math that's 3 out of 3 number 4 what was the first phrase spoken on the moon A. Contact light B, Houston, tranquility base here, etc., etc. Or C, that's one small step for man, etc., etc. The first phrase spoken on the moon. See. C. C. Incorrect, it was contact light. Ah! I'll be honest. Well, they
1: did say they did say the C, that C one they that was said on the moon.
0: Say that, but it was not the first phrase, Nora. That was the they the, the led you up a well, dark Well I
1: just went with one that I knew for sure they said. They
0: led you Which up. is pretty
1: logical, I think. I think my logic here is pretty good.
0: You get led up a dark alley there.
1: Yeah. Dark side of the moon.
0: Like it. Neil Armstrong, question number 5 so that's 4 out of 5 yeah. so far she's still doing well but let's get you back on track number 5 Sank Yuck. as the Spanish say Neil Armstrong's first task after stepping on the moon was what A collect a moon rock B plant the American flag or C Call President Richard Nixon. The flag. Plant the American... Incorrect! Collect a moon rock. What? Really? Yep. Ugh. I thought the the Americans
1: were more frivolous than that. Okay, 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 Okay. okay. An
0: absolute flyer. You got off to a flyer. But now you've got okay, well. two wrong in a row. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to help our good friend Nora Germain get back in the game. Nora Germain okay. back in the game. Nora Germain back in the game. Nora Germain back in the game. Nora Germain in the game. Nora Germain in the game. I like that. What was the maiden name of Buzz Aldrin's mother?
1: What the hell kind of question is that?
0: Don't disrespect the questions. Okay. And don't question the integrity of the quiz master. What was yes. Buzz Aldrin's mother's maiden name? A. Lightyear. Oh. B. Montclair. Or C. Moon.
1: This is a very interesting question. I think A and C are too unlikely because they they would just be too funny. So it would have to be B.
0: Is that your final answer?
1: This quiz, you know, look, I'm j- just push the fucking button.
0: Wow. We're going with B then? Yeah. Incorrect, it was Moon.
1: <laughs> That's unbelievable! Really?
0: Wait, right, hold on a cotton picking minute here. I'm starting to think that I've been had. old. I think
1: I've. Been, I think you've been. Mother, yeah.
0: Maiden name. Hold on, we're googling this shit, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I feel like you've. It was had Moon. You-
0: it was. It was Moon.
1: That is so unreal.
0: Fuck's sake. Well, you know that old saying, don't you? What I'm
1: gonna
0: fail this quiz? Every day's a school day, right? Aye, right, that's scene too, right? Right. Here we go. This is getting interesting. I tell you what, this this quiz is bloody good because the first few core questions, it was losing credibility because we were flying through it. We were knocking them dead. You were knocking them out of the park to the point where every single listener thought Nora's going to get 10 out of 10 but now the tables have turned now they've shown a smart side and now we're on question seven and this is the turning point because we've got three wrong in a row i do believe i might have lost count but i know that'll tell me at the end anyway question number seven neil armstrong and buzz aldrin walked on the moon for how long a 22 hours and four minutes b Two hours and 30 minutes c seven hours and 15 minutes a 22 hours and four minutes b Two hours and 30 minutes. C, seven hours and 15 minutes. Nor is your main. C. Incorrect. It was two hours
1: and 30 minutes. Oh, fuck. Well, at least I was on the closer side of the right one. 22 just seemed like way too long. Two hours didn't seem like long enough. But Seven is closer to two than 22 is to two.
0: Oh, Fuck. Uh, I've just messed up and I've just, um, I've, I've just skipped a question. So it's going to be, this, this question is going to be out of nine. This question is going to be out of nine. Don't get mad at me. I'll make up one on the spot, right? To make up for that 10th one, right?
1: Oh God.
0: The Apollo 11 patch was the first Apollo mission emblem to omit What? I don't even understand that question, but you look as if you do. A. The astronauts' names, B the American flag, or C Roman numerals.
1: Then astronauts names. Correct. That's a stupid question.
0: Okay. This is the last one. Right. So we've skipped one, so this is gonna be a nine. what the hell right okay
1: for those of you not realizing this I'm shaking my head right now
0: what was the name of the aircraft carrier that recovered Apollo 11 after splashdown USS Enterprise USS Intrepid is that how you pronounce it Intrepid that's what I said. USS Intrepid. My and my eyes are going. By the way, I've started to notice that in the last couple of weeks. My eyes are starting to go. Or C. Also. That was the sound of my feelings being hurt. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, okay.
0: And my feelings get hurt, and that's preceded by Nora's Germain's evil laugh. Or C. USS Hornet. <laughs>
1: um. What was the first one?
0: USS Enterprise.
1: And the second one was the Intrepid? Yep. Yeah. And the third one?
0: USS Hornet.
1: I don't think it's that one. Um oh Horner or Hornet? Hornet. I don't
0: think it's
1: that one. Let's try Enterprise.
0: Incorrect USS Hornet. What? Right, let's see your results, right? So
1: this is hard. I don't like this quiz. I I sound like a like a moron. You get 50%. Well, that's not as bad as I thought it would
0: be. <laughs> so tell me Nora, what yes. is your interest? What started your interest in space?
1: Um, well, uh, uh, most people know I'm not religious, and, but like many scientists, I find there's great wonder in um, revealing the realities of the outside world, and that is really inspiring to me. And then I got into um, looking through telescopes whenever I could find one and going to planetariums and things when I was a kid. And, uh, of course, I go to the Griffith Observatory in L.A. sometimes. And then I started watching shows like Cosmos and other ones. Of course, the original one by Carl Sagan is amazing. And then the redone one by um, Neil deGrasse Tyson is great. And then there are all these incredible um, physicists and scientists, people like um, Lawrence Krauss and, of course, Stephen Hawking and other people. And I just love – I go on YouTube, right, and I just look up the lectures that they do and I just watch them. And there are some amazing things happening um, with the Hubble Space Telescope and we're discovering all sorts of great stuff. I just think it is so cool to learn about uh, what is out there because we are, I would like to mention, one of the first generations, if not the first, like our, our generation, to really realize where we are in our solar system, in our galaxy, in the universe, Um, It was, I think, less than 100 years ago that we even realized that there was anything out there besides just a black, dark void. So this whole thing about other galaxies and the possibility of a multiverse and all these different things, this is all, like, really recent stuff. So I am extremely uh, interested in space, yeah.
0: Would you ever go into space?
1: Hell yeah!
0: Right. Hell yeah! Now, imagine let's test your knowledge of space to its full capacity right okay you're an astronaut
1: yeah
0: you're very experienced as an astronaut yeah i'm a young up-and-coming astronaut okay. literally and figuratively it's my first space trip right and then just before as we're in the the the, the spaceship i start to get cold feet yeah <laughs> yeah Uh, okay yeah so let's play it out you lead it in by like giving the last kind of commands to what give us some sort of terminologies what would likely be the last thing we would say before takeoff, right and then i'll i'll show my concerns for the trip
1: okay white house command this is astronaut germain reporting for immediate takeoff of the uss germain uh to where are we going sorry Moon. That's all, really. No, we're gonna. Okay.
0: No, we're making this stuff off at of the moon, but we're going to Mars.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. To uh, our mission to uh, the moon and then continuing on to Mars, and I am uh, requesting permission A- agent, to. London agent.
0: To A- agent Agent Germain, Call Agent yes. Are you An agent, actually. You call him. What is Whatever. it? Whatever. What did you call yourself? Astronaut right you, you give your last command again the last couple of sentences of that
1: i am requesting permission to launch the aircraft astronaut is your main. yes
0: i don't want to do this
1: too fucking bad
0: i, go, I, I can't i can't i can't do launch. it i can't nora nora please listen astronaut is your main. i can't do it
1: Okay, Pee-wee, I need you to listen to me. I need you to buck up here, okay? If I you're going to shit it. your pants, you need to shit them now. And I, want I can't you to do it. know,
0: I've already done Look, it. I've already done it. I can't only, do it. I'm afraid of heights. You're
1: only going to be gone. You're only going to be gone for like eight months, okay? You're going to come back. You know, it's going to be fine.
0: I can't. I can't leave. I can't, I can't leave my, my girlfriend or I can't leave my bit on the side and I can't leave my wife and I can't leave my other wife. I can't do this. I'm afraid of heights. I don't even like space. It's a big pile of shit. I'm only doing this because my mom and dad wanted me to do it. I fucking hate space. I'll be honest, I don't even like you that much. And the thought of being in a spaceship with you, playing that violin for months on end, is just enough to send any person insane. The thought of having to speak to you every day about this stupid spaceship shit. Be- in, in order to be around you when you're away from your mobile for this long is going to be an absolute nightmare. To be around you is just... The idea of that is kill. I can't. I'm afraid of heights. I can't do this. You must. What? What am I gonna do? Um,
1: I'm sorry. The rocket's already launched.
0: I need to go. We need to make a stop off. We need to make a stop off. For- I hate space. I fuck. Space fucking sucks. <sighs>
1: Well, you're
0: in it. We've already passed through the atmosphere. We're not, we're not already in we're it. We're
1: entering the
2: stratosphere. I'm not we're fucking dumb. Atmosphere.
0: I can see outside the window and we've already just we can clearly make a stop off. I may be a flaming rookie in this scenario, but you can't convince me we can't make a stop off. Just press the button. Let's go back down. I can't I'm not doing this shit. It's this is about you and your massive ego. This isn't about us going to the moon and finding new shit. Or going to Mars. This is all about you Listen, and your Scott, stupid violence. Scott, I want you to, My name's not Scott. Something. It's Astronaut Kelly.
1: Right. Okay. Astronaut Kelly. I want you to know I brought a puppy along.
0: I hate dogs. I brought,
1: um, I brought, um, I, uh, there's you pie. You brought
0: nothing. You brought Nothing. But your stupid violin and your stupid personality and your Speaking
1: sh- of violence in space, did you see the video of the guy who was playing bagpipes in the space station?
0: That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Is that even true?
1: I know, isn't, yeah, it's horrible, it's real.
0: <laughs> is it just me your bagpipes are fucking horrible. I don't care. Yeah, they and are. and see people go, Oh, come on, it's Scottish. Who it gives a shit? I don't I don't care. It's just like, oh, well, you know, you need to like tartan because you're Scottish, or you're being anti-Scottish. No, no, I just don't like bagpipes. I don't have to like bagpipes just because I'm from Scotland. Bagpipes suck. It's an awful sound.
1: Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. You know, sometimes when I need cheering up, like when I'm like on a mission to space and I didn't want to go, like when I really need like some cheering up and there's no tequila nearby and there's nothing, I just usually what I do is I go on YouTube, um, uh, happy to tell you that this flight is equipped with Wi-Fi for the entire I, sorry, duration.
0: we we commit a flaming character. We totally commit a character there. I know, I we're know. Packing. We're back in it though. Sorry, astronauts. Right.
1: Cowie, I need you to stick with me here, okay? It looks like you're fading in and out of consciousness. I need you to stay with me. <laughs> uh, we need to contact the mission control.
0: I'm people. not contacting her. She's a bitch. And she's overweight. Anyway, as well. She's overweight as well. She's put on a lot Scott, of weight over the last couple of months. Don't even deny it you don't think so uh, come on she should be having no, the agree. gym
1: no i agree she's I agree. a she's fat hitting, hitting NASA it. with she's... a bag of ruffles in her hand every fucking day and look let me tell you i those pants look like they're about to pop and look let me tell you astronaut cowie i've got something i've got some good news for you when i am in a scary position with like you are I just go onto YouTube, okay? I just type in weddings ruined by bagpipes, and then right there you have like twenty hours of content to get you through. <laughs> is
0: that actually right? Is that true?
1: That is what I do all the time.
0: I'm not even in character now. I've lost I can't do acting. I don't I can't even distinguish between when we're out and Hey, when everybody
1: we're that's listening, I would like to make a couple of announcements here, okay? Number one, you all need to go and search for the NASA Hubble Space Telescope photographs because they're stunning and amazing and there are new wonderful fantastic things that they are discovering number two i need you to go to youtube and type in weddings ruined by bagpipes and i need you to just do that because it's amazing number three i need you all to have a beautiful day
0: there you go we've talked shite for 20 minutes
1: yeah i'm really sorry
0: everyone no it's absolutely fine if anybody's still listening yeah. Um, Let me know if you're still listening. Email me, gmail.com. We're going to bring back the love advice next week. It's been a long time of coming, so we're going to bring it back. Nor is your main in the house, everybody. Big thanks to Gilson Levis. Big thanks to everybody involved. Um, I was going to make a joke there about something personal between me and you and a couple of our friends, but I'm not going to do that. Something we spoke about earlier. We'll get to that next week.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, we should probably hold off on
0: that one. I was thought you were going to say something. your main on the podcast. Thanks to and Levis. Thanks last week. for Maggie Wheeler. Week before that, Jimmy Chamberlain. It's all happening. We will see you guys next week.
1: Thank you, Scott.